0: Gentlemen, it is Saturday morning, which means that today is Saturday morning coffee, and our show will be sponsored. You'll hear about that sponsor in just a few minutes. If you would like to sponsor an episode or a series of episodes, please let me know, and I'd love to get your advertisement up here. Either you can produce an advertisement like you've heard from Pastor Steinberg or from him and her worship. Or you can send me um, some copy and I'll read it for you just like uh, Miss Laura Colander did. By the way, make sure you keep Miss Colander in her in your prayers as uh, she's nearing that day when she uh, takes off um, and does her world tour, sharing the gospel with people all over the place. Um, as we get started with the podcast today, if you would like to be a help or a, a blessing financially to us, uh, you can do that either by Patreon or you can just contact me and, and let me know how you would like to help. Uh, if you would like to sponsor episodes, you can certainly do that, as I said. Um, if you're not connected to us on social media, um, my focus has been shifting gradually away from social media simply because it's a temptation to me. I don't want to fall into any more temptation than I... Than I need to. Uh, I don't need to fall into any temptation. You know what I'm trying to say. Um, the Lord says steer away from temptation. That's what I'm trying to do. And so I haven't spent a whole lot of time focusing on social media. Um, but if you're not con- connected to us on social media, do so. Make sure you're following us. Um, Gird up underscore B underscore A underscore man um, on Instagram. Otherwise, the Gird Up podcast on Facebook. There's a Facebook community as well. <sighs> Gentlemen, make sure you're networking with each other and uh, joining other men in your passionate pursuit after Christian manhood. God's blessings to you today. Hope you enjoy our show. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Christ for Disciples podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Steinberg, son of Ken and father of five sons. Each weekday on the Christ for Disciples podcast, I apply God's word to raising the next generation. Take 10 minutes each weekday to listen to the Christ for Disciples podcast and get direction and gospel power to disciple the youngest generation. Subscribe to the Christ for Disciples podcast by going to ChristForDisciples.com or searching on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and whatever else. ChristForDisciples.com morning coffee. You are listening to the Gird Up podcast. The call to Gird Up is an ancient way of telling a man to prepare himself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world. Here, you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God has created us to be. We're glad you've joined us today. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves to gird up and join us on this road towards Christian manhood. May God bless your time with us. Here we go. Gentlemen, thank you for being with us again today. Happy Saturday. Hope you're sipping a cup of coffee as we do this. Um, I, I actually am, although I'm not doing it on a Saturday. you got to record these things ahead of time, you know. Anyway, I'm glad to be back with you. Glad to be sitting in front of a microphone again. Um, as as I've said before um if you're a new listener uh, then this is definitely something I want to share with you is the idea that um this podcast is less about me being an expert on masculinity and manhood um although maybe it's just pride when I say i think um i've I've reached a point where a scholarly point where most men don't go um as far as really studying and learning about masculinity and manhood and And making it something that we study, although I think every man um, should in some way, shape, or form be a student of masculinity, particularly um, godliness and holiness. Um, But anyway, as as I grow in Grace and Knowledge of the Truth, I like to share those things with you, and that's what this podcast is. I do not claim to be a a master of the art of manliness. I don't claim to be um, a scholar on uh, all things manly and masculine. There are lots of things that I have yet to learn. This is just me sharing my journey with you and, and I'm so glad um, that the Lord has provided me a platform to do so, and I'm so glad that you're listening, so thank you for being with us. Um, that being said, I got a couple things to share today that, that have really been on my heart, my mind, and and uh, God has placed the right men in my life at the right times to kind of have these discussions and these conversations. The, the conversation I'm going to share with you today, or the ideas that I'm going to share with you today, uh, were kind of developed alongside Mr. Nathan Hensler. Uh, he's a fantastic young man. He's been interviewed on the podcast before, but if you're not following him on social media, he's the Brigger Beard General. I got to sit down with him and, and have some coffee with him and talk about some projects that he's got going on. And then uh, I uh, kind of we 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 kind of stumbled into um, talking about purpose and and identity. Um, and then as part of that conversation about purpose and identity, we we started to examine the law a little bit and and our relationship as those who are saved. What should our relationship with the law be? And a lot of times, I think we never really go past the Sunday school answer that we learned in second grade, right? Mm -hmm. Um, In second grade, we tell the kids that we live a life of, so uh, our sanctified living is living a life that says thank you to God. And there's nothing wrong with that answer. It's certainly not. Incorrect. It's certainly not inaccurate, Um, but it's a it's a a very it's a very shallow answer. I think there's a whole lot more to that picture that we never talk about and never think about because we just accept the shallow answer um, as the truth and we move on. Um, But Paul talks about the idea of once you have grown into a if you want your faith to grow into a mature faith, at some point you need to stop drinking spiritual milk. And you need to start eating solid food. You can't. You can't be a grown man still drinking your mother's milk. So at some point you've got to step into big boy pants. You got to start being intentional about your Bible study and start applying what you're reading in your daily scripture lessons to your thoughts and your actions and your attitudes, um, and to the faith that you have. So um, Nate and I sat down. We were talking about the law. Now the law. Um, is provided by the, the heavenly Father um, oh, like in its proper form I guess it was provided on Mount Sinai we all talked about you know when you're a little kid you learned about God providing the law on Mount Sinai if you're if you came to Jesus as an adult then yeah that's one of the things the first things you talked about in in uh, confirmation class or whatever you call your class is the idea that God's given us a law right? And that law has two purposes to show us our sin and to show us our need for a Savior and to reflect Jesus' perfection back onto us. So um, the law certainly does have a purpose. But then when we get into Romans, Paul starts talking about the idea that we're no longer under the law, that we don't need to worry about trying to fulfill the law. And we don't, you know, the law no longer serves its original purpose in our lives because we've been given the grace and redemption of Jesus' sacrifice. So that leaves us with the question, why should I follow the law? Why should I do what the law commands? And again, the Sunday school answer is to say thank you to Jesus. But once you turn six, that answer is no longer satisfying. And I've been struggling with it for for a long time, I think without even realizing it, I'm struggling with it. And I don't like telling my kids to say thank you to Jesus. They understand and they do want to say thank you to Jesus and they do the right thing a lot of times because they want to say thank you to Jesus. But even at six years old, you're sophisticated enough to know that you are not perfect and you cannot say thank you all the time. You're also sophisticated enough to realize and understand that sometimes you lose sight of the grace and mercy of the Heavenly Father. And so we need to examine why we fulfill the law. First, though, we need to establish that the law is not a part of my salvation. Fulfilling the law does not bring me closer to heaven. Fulfilling the law does not um, bring me salvation. It in no way complements the grace that I've been given. It does not serve a purpose in my salvation. And by that, I mean that absolutely nothing I do is going to contribute to my own salvation. With that established... With that established, the idea that I cannot be righteous on my own, that I cannot earn my own salvation. With that established, we then have three purposes for the law, okay? The fir- first purpose of the law is to serve as a curb or guide or mirror, as as uh, Luther would put it. Um, essentially, it's it's the protector and preserver of our faith, right? To follow the law is to walk in the way, the truth and the life, right? There is a path to heaven, and when you are walking that path to heaven, you will live righteously. You will follow the laws and commands of God. So if you are following the laws and commands of God, then you will not allow anything in your heart that is going to steer you away from the things of God. You will police your heart and your mind, and you will not let yourself fall into temptation. And therefore, walking in the light, you will walk directly down the paths of righteousness And you will find yourself on a doorstep of heaven when you die. Uh, I think my favorite portion of scripture that talks about that idea is Psalm 23, right? He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And what I think is really interesting, and we don't always talk about, and I think we should talk about it a lot more, is that what's the next statement after that? He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, your rod and your staff, they're with me and they comfort me. And you are leading me in paths of righteousness. Sometimes paths of righteousness are going to lead us through very dark valleys. We need to understand that. Um, But there is no dark valley outside of the will of God, outside of the love and peace of the Lord. And following Jesus is going to be our absolute best bet. If I'm following Jesus, he will lead me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He will lead me beside quiet waters and will restore my soul. He will prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He will anoint my head with oil and my cup will overflow. If I walk in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The other piece of scripture I think is an obvious application here is the first two verses of Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles When I'm running a race, I don't want to be bogged down by things that entangle and hinder. I want to throw those things to the side so I can run my race with perseverance. It's that same idea in the spiritual realm. I follow the law because when I follow the law, I walk in paths of righteousness and the things that ensnare and entangle and hinder my faith and hinder my walk with God will be cast away. So the law, first of all, is the way that I preserve and protect my faith. And it's the way, it's the tool God has given me to preserve and protect my faith. Because when I walk in paths of righteousness, I will be faithful to my heavenly father. Purpose number two for the law is to reflect God's love to other people, to to bring other people to the faith, right? Um, Matthew 5 verse 16 says, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. The reality is that we are tools in God's tool belt, um, we are missionaries in God's kingdom. Whether or not we serve in the public ministry, and whether or not uh, we serve um, in in a pulpit or or overseas, or no matter what we're doing, we are always and all the time a little light in the world. Right? Um, we teach that song to children: "This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine everywhere I go. I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it? No, I'm gonna let it shine." Jesus says, "You are the light of the world." He also calls us the salt of the earth. Scripture makes it clear over and over and over again that one of our purposes as human beings, as children of God, is to bring other people into the fold, to bring other people into the kingdom. And that's that's the great commission, right? Go and make disciples of all nations. And you can't make a disciple if you don't have anything to share. And if you don't have and you're not going to be able to share if you're not living the way the Lord wants you to live, right? Uh, I love the analogy of the lighthouse. You can be a tugboat pushing and pulling and tugging on people, or you can be a lighthouse and simply stand on the stand on the cliff and let your light be seen by all those around you. And if they choose to follow your light, they will find safe harbor. They will find the truth. Um, But it is not your responsibility to try and change hearts and minds. It's simply your responsibility to reflect Christ's love in everything that you think, say, and do. To continue to put your light out there and let your light shine. Um, And if they choose to follow you, if they choose to listen to you, if they choose to walk the same path that you walk, they will find their Savior and they will find salvation, full and free. Finally, the last purpose of the law, and this is kind of where we uh, veered off the path of of traditional Sunday school uh, conversation, but but it is truth, um, is uh, that we need to understand as human beings and as Christians that we do put a great amount of wickedness and evil into the world, whether we want to or not. Paul talks about that. He says, The good I want to do, I do not do. The evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. He then continues the conversation and says, who will rescue me from this body of death? Only Jesus. But the understanding is that I have a great capacity for evil. I have an incredible ability to do what is wicked and awful. And anyone who takes an honest look at themselves and an honest look at their lives and and takes stock of their situation understands that, Just how terrible human beings are and just how terrible you and I can be, both to each other and to our Savior and to our bodies. We have a tremendous capability to bring wickedness and evil into the world. So understanding that, I can either just let my wickedness float around like garbage on the ocean, or I can actively try and do something about it not for the sake of my salvation, not because I think it'll earn me a higher place in heaven, but simply because I understand that I've brought great weakness into the world and so have all the people around me and I can choose to either make the world a better place or to let it rot. I choose to make the world a better place. I choose to find ways to be a blessing to the people around me. I choose um, to let my light shine. I choose to be a force for good instead of a force for evil. I understand that I have a great capacity for wickedness and evil, and it is my responsibility to pay back that debt to the best of my ability. I will never be perfect, and I will never be able to right every wrong I've committed, but it is my responsibility as a man of God, and it is my responsibility as someone who has been touched by the Holy Spirit, and it is my responsibility as a lighthouse on the top of the hill to show people what a good man is and to show people that there is good in my heart, and then to show people where it comes from. They all kind of tie in together, don't they? You can't, if you're walking in paths of righteousness, your light is going to shine. If you want your light to shine, you must be walking in paths of righteousness. And if you are walking in paths of righteousness, you will pour good into the world, whether or not you're realizing it. Um, but if you want to pour goodness into the world, and uh, offset that balance, right? If you want to pour goodness into the world and offset the balance of wickedness that you poured into the world, you're going to have to be able to walk the line. I want to finish today with a reading from the book of Isaiah. Um, And uh, if you've never read the book of Isaiah, it is a fantastic read. It's called The Fifth Gospel for a Reason. It is not light and airy. It is not an easy read. um, But it will help you grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. So we're going to read Isaiah 58, or portions of it today, Um, as we uh, finish out our Saturday morning coffee. Isaiah chapter 58. Shout it aloud and do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and the house of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commandments of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. We fasted, they say. Have you not seen it? Why have you, why have we humbled ourselves, and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do not please, You do as you please, and you exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarrelling and strife, and striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you say, as you today. Whew, you cannot fast as you do today, and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is the kind, is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for a man to humble himself. Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying on sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? So the idea is the Israelites were going through all the motions, doing the good Christian thing, and then expecting God to do what they wanted. Um, the reality is that prayer and righteous living is not you making a deal with God and saying, give me what I want because I'm doing what you want. Um, and you can't talk the talk and fail to walk the walk the walk, in paths of righteousness and still expect the Lord's favor. Israel is going through the action of fasting, but they don't actually turn to God. They don't actually do the will of God. Their behavior is not righteous, but they expect to be merited then with, with righteousness. We continue. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's not just about remorse and repentance, but it's about a change in behavior. That's the key here is that the Lord wants them to change their behavior. That's why he's making them walk in paths of righteousness. Is not this the kind of fasting chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. To set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? If you do those things and serve, and your fasting serves a purpose, your righteousness serves a purpose, when you choose to live righteously, then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. In other words, God will be your protect, protector and preserver. When, then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, Here am I. So my prayers will not only be heard, but my prayers will be effective. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness, and your night will become like noonday. The Lord will guide you always, and he will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land, and he will strengthen your frame. He will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins, and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called a repairer of broken walls and a restorer of streets with dwellings. In other words, if you choose to be selfless and to give yourself to the Lord and to the Lord's work, the Lord will cultivate and bless you and refresh you. Not necessarily with with physical blessings, but he will grow you like a garden. Right? He will cultivate, bless, and refresh you. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, If you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable and you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, so in other words, if you do it the Lord's way, then you will find your joy in the Lord and I will cause you to ride on the heights of the land and to feast in the inheritance of your father Jacob, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Gentlemen, God's blessing be upon you. Walk in paths of righteousness this week. Uh, for his name's sake. And let your light shine among men so that they may find the goodness of the Lord and redemption from all their sins. God bless you, gentlemen. Live as lights in the world this week. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook, under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as GERDUP underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.